Episode 6, The Comfort of Clear Evidence. It's been another wild week in politics and pop culture, and for me, this week's most satisfying stories and pitches from presidential candidates have been supported by clear and indisputable evidence or the desire to find that evidence. Murkiness just makes me nervous and makes it hard for me to figure out how I feel about or think about something or someone one way or the other. So in today's show, I'm going to share my thoughts on how and why I found comfort in clear evidence. Keep keep listening. Welcome to Peace Matters, a show that uncovers peace in our communities, our countries, and deep within our souls. I'm your host, Maya Mathias, founder of Inventive Links, a leadership development company that cultivates enlightened executives, creative citizens, and wise writers for a more peaceful planet. Join me as I share three things in the show. One, stories or trends that impact our capacity for peace in the world. Two, insights and tools to help you cultivate more inner peace. And three, updates on the peace-building work I do plus answers to your questions about creating a more peaceful existence for yourself and others. Be sure to head over to inventivelinks.com to sign up for our Peace Matters newsletter, where I share bonus resources to build more peace in your world. And now, on with the show. Part 1. As the World Turns stories or trends that impact our capacity for peace in the world. So I want to share some thoughts about some stories that I found a little too murky this week for me to feel comfortable coming to conclusions around. One was the testimony and the hearing that was conducted by the U.S. Congress with Michael Cohen as their key witness. And what happened was he made his case, implicated President Trump in a bunch of different things. And of course, the the media outlets went crazy with all of that. And towards the end of the week, though, some evidence started to come out, both in news reports and some other areas, that Michael Cohen may have lied again in that he wasn't completely upfront about the process in which a pardon had been suggested to him by the current administration. So there's just too much murkiness around that, plus this potential lying again to Congress just doesn't put him in a good light and make him a reliable witness. So in my mind, I've, I've kind of parked that story to one side for now until things get a little clearer. The other thing that happened this week was that same legislative body, the U.S. House of Representatives, voted on an anti-hate resolution. And it started because one of the freshmen Democratic representatives, Ilhan Omar, who represents a district in Minnesota, she got into a bit of hot water because she's been a little murky in her message around wanting to criticize 
America's Israeli policy, but somehow the way she said it came out as looking extremely anti-Semitic. So she's been defending her stance, saying that, you know, I didn't mean to be anti-Semitic. I'm just trying to question the policy that America has towards Israel and in that part of the world. And first of all, it's such a tricky issue to begin with. The whole Middle East peace process has been stalled for decades, and there's so much hate and vitriol on, on both sides between the Arabs and the Palestinians. It's just sorry, the Israelis and the Palestinians, it's just, it's it's a lot to untangle. And so for her to come out and say what she said without being crystal clear in what she was trying to communicate just makes her entire endeavor feel murky and you're not quite sure what to think. So the, the anti-hate resolution aside that was passed, there's a lot of things we can say about that. But at the crux of it, I feel that the way she's approaching this issue is too murky for her own good. And I just don't want her to lose sight of what she's trying to accomplish and be too careless in the way she's communicating what she's trying to say. And um, I just don't want her to get into a position where she's she finds herself having too many strikes and find, and then she's out. You know, She loses her seats in certain committees. She loses her platform to make her case. And I'm not singling her out because I believe in her policies one way or the other, just from a pure communication standpoint. It's just too murky to be any good right now. Now, earlier in this week, I talked about this next story because it's something that I feel very emotionally attached to, being a music lover and loving Michael Jackson's music. And last weekend, this documentary called Leaving Neverland came out on HBO here, and it was subsequently screened in the UK in the middle of this week. And essentially, it chronicles the stories of two men who are alleging that Michael Jackson abused them or molested them when they were young. And I've been trying to figure out how I think and feel about this whole thing. And again, I go back to this murkiness issue. There isn't... Again, I have to qualify. I haven't watched the documentary yet. But even if I have, from what I understand is it does go back to this he said, they said situation where what they're alleging happened happened behind closed doors. They were the only two people in the room, Michael Jackson and you know the young man concerned. And I just don't feel comfortable making a clear decision one way or the other because Michael Jackson isn't here to make his case. It's not physically here on earth to make his case. So again, it's something that's tricky and I'm, I'm having to park it to one side. And we'll see what happens and what unfolds in that case going forward. Um, on the other hand, the two other cases that happened in the courts this week um, and to some extent earlier this month involve two other pop icon, uh, celebrity icons, R. Kelly 
R&B singer and Jesse Smollett, um, actor. And both of them have been indicted. So they're at least a little further along in the process where people or a grand jury have found enough evidence to indict them and say, okay, you need to, we feel it's worth charging you for these crimes. So that's where my head is at with these very murky situations. And the the clearest I can be in my own mind are are around the indictments for R. Kelly and Jesse Smollett. And for the others, I just need to be patient with the story and with the actors concerned and the people concerned and see how it plays out. Part 2, Om is Where the Heart Is, Insights and Tools to Help You Cultivate More Inner Peace. So in this segment, I want to talk about what I've just watched today on cable news. There were there was an entire evening of three town halls with presidential candidate hopefuls for the 2020 race here in America. And I'll just say really quickly, they were for um, John Delaney, Tulsi Gabbard, and Pete Buttigieg. And I'll save details about what they spoke of for my newsletter because it's too much to go into in this show. I will say, though, that each of these town halls revealed in their own individual way how each candidate walks and has walked their talk in their life, how their personal story aligns very powerfully with their vision for America. They all have good policy proposals, very thoughtful proposals, and I know they will, I sense, they will want to do the right thing. And more importantly, I like how some of them answered questions from the members in the audience, because instead of declaring a position or making a decision or defining exactly where they stand on a particular issue, they, they weren't waffling, you know, they weren't sort of being politician about it, but they were saying to, to the people in the audience, I think that's a good idea, but I will need more evidence. I think that's a good idea, but the data hasn't borne it out yet, and so on. So I love how they were able to balance what people are wanting to hear from them and also being very measured and thoughtful and in many cases, evidence and data-driven in how they make their decisions. So I really like that. And it's part of why I want to share this in this episode of finding comfort in clear evidence, because just looking at how they're approaching the problems that are being presented to them, that gives me comfort in knowing that when they are faced with a challenge, when they are president, because they're going to be facing all kinds of challenges, expected and more likely unexpected challenges. And seeing how they process those challenges is super helpful. I was also really taken by what came through as a deep sense of authenticity. 
And I know it's a word we hear a lot. It's become a buzzword of late in leadership circles. So I tend not to want to use it too much because it's been a little overused of late. That said, I think it's a good word to use right now because the word authenticity carries both definable and somehow indefinable traits in a person and in a leader. And it's something we can't always fully define or describe until we experience it firsthand. You know, that that familiar phrase where we say, we know it when we see it. And when it comes to authenticity, we often need to feel that, feel that sense of authenticity exuding and emanating from a leader instead of analyzing it. So you have to sort of sink into your heart and connect with that person beyond your brain, sort of sink into your heart and connect with them at a heart level to feel into their authenticity. And from that place of connecting with their heart energy, it's worth asking yourself this question as you continue to watch these presidential candidates make their case. Because I feel that instead of what people often talk about in political circles, you know, how likable, they like to put this in those poll questions, you know, how likable is this candidate? How willing are you to have a beer with them? I think that's so, so 20th century. It's, it's the, the kind of challenges that we face right now as a human race and that the president has to deal with. It goes far beyond and far deeper than just being likable. I feel that as you look at these candidates and tune into how authentic they are, also combine that with how you feel they might respond when they're wearing these different hats in their presidency. How will they respond as commander-in-chief, as economist-in-chief, as consoler in chief. All these roles and hats that they have to wear go far beyond just being likable. You have to have a sense of believing in how real they are and how sincere and earnest they are in wanting to do the very best job for their country. So if you're an American voter, as the 2020 race progresses, I invite you to not just think about how logical and reasonable their policy proposals are. I, I also invite you to feel into how these candidates present themselves and to feel into whether their vision lifts you up from the inside and whether you feel their vision can lift the country up into a possibility that lives up to its name as the United States of America. For more on the stories I've been talking about so far, I'll be expanding on them in the next issue of my Peace Matters newsletter. So I invite you to go to inventivelinks.com to sign up and you'll have access to my newsletter as well as past issues.
Part 3, News and Views, updates on our peacebuilding work, plus answers to your questions about creating a more peaceful existence for yourself and others. To round up this discussion and reflection on living in the comfort of clear evidence, I want to tell you about this workshop that I developed and will be conducting on a regular basis. I call it the Create a Meaningful Life Workshop. And, well, the full title is Create a Meaningful Life in an Uncertain World. And the way I've designed the workshop, it's meant to help you uncover the clear and indisputable indisputable evidence from your life and career choices so far. You know, sometimes we look back on our life and career and we think it's just been a series of coincidences, accidents, and not very well thought out decisions. And that's true some of the time. But if you are willing to look more closely at how those choices connect and relate to each other, you will find that there are threads that run through them. And there are also other threads in your life that you may not even have thought of before as giving you some of that clear evidence in how you can and how you can continue to move forward in your life and do the right, the next right thing for yourself, for your life, for your relationships, for your career choices, from a place that has more meaning and to do it with more soulful purpose. I love conducting this workshop and it brings a lot of comfort and clarity to the people who attend it. So I'd love for you to be one of those people soon. If you want to find out more, just go to inventivelinks.com events for upcoming workshop dates and more details on how to register. Again, that's at inventivelinks.com slash events. Okay, I'll leave the show there for now today. Thanks for listening and be sure to check out so much of my other work on inventivelinks.com. You can sign up for my newsletter there or go to inventivelinks.com slash events for the Create a Meaningful Life workshop and other workshops and events that I hold for you and other listeners out there. Once again, thanks for listening. Take care. You've been listening to Peace Matters with me, Maya Mathias. This podcast is proudly powered by Inventive Links, a leadership development company that cultivates enlightened executives, creative citizens, and wise writers for a more peaceful planet. If you like this podcast, please consider supporting it by going to inventivelinks.com support. Want to take your podcast experience to the next level? Sign up for my next online workshop and start building a stronger path to peace inside and out. Go to inventivelinks.com events for more information. Sign up for a workshop, then show up with your best questions on the stories and insights we feature and with a sincere desire to lead a more peaceful existence. Till next time, let's make peace matter more each day. Bye for now.